Joe Pride is joining us. Joe, a very good morning, mate. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. Private Eye nearly pulled it off in the Lightning, an outstanding run. How did you see it, Joe? Yeah, look, it's, um, the plan was to um, sort of sit back and go the cockies are joining in this interview. Um, the plan was to ride him back quietly and um, and use his, um, use his good turn of foot and strong finish, but it, d- it didn't work out that way at all. Uh, Blake had the plan he was going to follow astrologists, and astrologists missed the start, and all of a sudden we've launched forward in a very slowly run race and, and just been right led, and he's never led, never led in his life. So, look, I don't want to make an excuse for him because I thought he ran well, but it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't the way we wanted the race to unfold for him. What's the plan now then for Private Eye, Joe? Where do you go next? Look, there's a good chance we'll go back for the new market, um, but there's also a couple of races here in Sydney. So a little bit to consider. Um, he won't run for three, week, three weeks regardless, um, but probably make a decision towards the end of the week mm. with him. What about your Everest winner? Think about it, Joe. What's the plans for him, mate? Yeah, he's, he's well, Laurie, really happy with him. So he's going to have his second trial here next Monday, a week from today, and then go to the Canterbury Stakes, which is the 9th of March, 1,300 metres first up. Um, horse is fantastic. I'm not sure if... You got to see the trial the other day, but he, he trialled beautifully, and um, he's come back in a, a stronger, bigger uh, version of himself. So very pleased with him. Very uh, interesting that you've got it thrown a nom in for the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. I mean, imagine winning an, an Everest in October, and somehow I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but uh, winning over two thousand in a top group one at Wave Rage by the end of an autumn campaign. But give, give us an insight then in where you believe this horse can get to as far as distance range is concerned. Yep. So he's also got a nom into the TJ. And, and, and the problem you have with these yeah. these, these nominations is that you, they take them so early in the carnival. Sure. And the nom is in for the TJ, not because I, I want to keep him to a sprint, but because if if he did have a setback, then I'd freshen him up and, and go for the TJ. So uh, the the Queen Elizabeth one, though, is, is, um, uh, was an obvious one for me because he's being aimed at a Doncaster. And if he can run a strong mile, mm. the, the extension to 2,000 metres isn't... Um, isn't that great for a, for a, for a good miler? So we don't know yet. We haven't had him out that far. He's never run beyond fourteen hundred metres. But he's very strong when he did. He's by so you think. So you tend to think he's um he's a good chance of running a trip. But um, I wasn't going to uh, pay a late entry fee. So just putting that nom in there is a bit of bit of insurance. Sure. Uh, Cole Crusher, Estadio Mastaya, both running second. What did you make of their performances on Saturday at Randwick? Yeah, it was a frustrating day. I think the the um, the, the cumulative uh, uh, margin I got beat on Saturday was a length for three horses with the, with the three of them combined. So it was very frustrating. Cole Crusher was fantastic. Um, I, I thought first up, always going to be vulnerable and um, ran a terrific race. So he's he's very much on track. Um, and uh, Stadium Estella was honest, honest, genuine. He's going to have just a month off now while the carnival's on and, and come back and, and hit some winter targets with him. You've always had success with tried horses, Joe. When you picked up Marzu, what's the plans for him, mate? Yeah, I've been really pleased with him. So he had a trial here last Monday. He'll have another trial next Monday. Uh, he'll go to the challenge first up. I thought his trial was very good. Very, really pleased with his with his attitude, the way he jumped, pinged out of the, the gates, put himself on speed. So look, I'm not going to know until, until I take him to the races. But I, I feel like the, the the change has been good for him. You know, Warwick Farm's quite different to Ramwick for for horses, and I think he's enjoyed the um, the transition. I think this happens every Saturday, but, you know, it was a Saturday, Joe, where a lot of rides were heavily debated. And I'm just curious into how sort of you approach your chat with jockeys post-race. I mean, for instance, punters particularly get perplexed with horses that are hard in the market that, that jump well, yet might be usually a back marker 
and they just sort of take a sit back when we think, you know, potentially we sh- they should take uh, more initiative. I mean, tell, tell us generally how you look to approach your chats with jockeys post-races. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of armchair jockeys, aren't there? And most, yeah. most of them have probably never, never, never sat on a horse, let alone padded one in their life. So they've got to consider these jockeys got to make decisions, and they make decisions based on their their own safety as well at times. So I think we've got to got to consider everything. And look, I, I tend to not over instruct as I've got older, not over instruct my jockeys at all. Um, mm. uh, I think once they're behind the gates, once those gates open, um, they've got to make decisions, and they've got to um, they've got to react to what happens around them. It's easy to, as I say, it's easy to criticise. But at times, it's an absolute split-second uh, split decision that they're making, and that can, you know, take them from being up up on speed or, or, or right back. So, uh, I, as I, I'm, I'm pretty open with my jockeys. I just let them uh, let them make decisions. Some some horses obviously just have a specific pattern that makes it a bit easier, but generally, just let them uh, ride them as they find them. Obviously, got a very strong sort of campaign ahead as far as your stable is concerned. Outside of the horses we've spoken about, what's another horse or two you're particularly looking forward to attacking some big races this autumn campaign? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a really good colt uh, in Cheerwolf running this Saturday. Uh, he placed in the Ming Dynasty and he beat Tom Kitten home that day. He's, he's very promising. He's a Tavistock. He'll, he'll run in the, um, in the, in the 1400 uh, for the three-year-olds this Saturday. He's definitely one to follow. Um, some, got some really nice mares that have uh, um, one in particular that's uh, arrived over from England. Um, Sounds of Heaven. She's an interesting horse. She's a kingdom mare who placed in the Coronation Stakes. So, uh, look, it is a strong team. Um, really excited about the three-year-olds I've got. So, hopefully, we can uh, we can deliver with the uh, with the horses we've got. You've got four as it stands at the moment in for Wyong tomorrow. Eastern Front, unholstered, cheerful cat and hurt money. Is there one in particular? Are uh, you particularly keen on there at Wyong tomorrow? Oh, probably not. They're just chances in yeah. in, um, in in their races. Um, depending on the rainfall today and tomorrow, uh, Hurt Money might not go around. He's coming back from a tendon injury, so I wouldn't run him on a wet track. Um, they're, they're chances without getting carried away. Really appreciate your time as always, Joe. Have a great autumn. Great. Thanks very much, guys.